Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today is the WNR four two three. It's AW double or nothing. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, a woman trying to protect her prediction league wins, and by my side for every WE and AEW pay per view, it is Jack. See how you doing? Yes, yes. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, yeah, doing well, thanks. Excited to jump into this. Four hour and, and four and a bit hour uh, podcast. Here we go. Well, it's funny because people kind of email and go, well, yeah, you know, your pre-show was nearly three hours. It's a bit long. It's not as long as the fucking pay-per-view, boys and girls. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, get on that, of course. Uh, next, a man who is so chilled that he should be called Mr. Freeze. But he is our resident NXT and Japan expert. It is Monty. How you going, man? I'm doing good. I'm making it. I'm making it. Uh, you should have introduced me as a person who you sh- whose predictions you should not trust because I absolutely suck as of late. But, you know, let's get into it, though. I'm ready to go. Yeah, but to be fair, Monty, in the first half, if anybody's listened to the first couple of pods we did at the start, Lee, you're doing really well. So no spoiler alerts, all right? Uh, <laughs> we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And finally, well, this person would be my Einstein, my Newton, my Galileo, and my Hawk into the WNR. It is, of course, Gina. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good, thank you. And hope everybody else enjoyed Double or Nothing just as much as we did. Yeah, without doubt. Well, we're going to get onto that in just a minute. I'll just let everybody know who's listening. If I sound a little bit weird, I am a little bit under the weather at this moment in time. Do not worry. It's not COVID related. I have not been near Dan, Uh, but we will get onto the show. Uh, And of course it was double or nothing. Our pre-show, which is fantastic. Uh, There was some news that dropped uh, Sunday morning in between when we actually did the show. And that was about MJF. Now, Monty, did you follow this situation closely? Because this is one of these things we weren't really sure about was going on, whereas MJF would actually even be at the pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, I, I, I paid attention to it, but I didn't really worry too much about it, honestly, because I just, for, for some reason, I just had a feeling that, uh, you know, he it wasn't really going to end up with him not, like, him no-showing, like, I know he's uh, missed some fan events and I get it. You know, it was definitely weird because at the end of the day, he's always shown up no matter what's been going on behind the scenes. So it definitely made you wonder, but I don't know what it was. I don't know why I just was like, yeah, he'll still be there for the Wardlow match though. Most likely I don't, I wasn't buying it, but yeah, when the plane ticket stuff came out, it was like, you were wondering, but I, I wasn't really that worried for some reason. I don't necessarily know why, but I just wasn't. Well, I was worried because when they were talking about maybe MJF not showing up, Goldberg was touted on Twitter as a replacement. And I thought, well, if you want oh, to piss no. off <laughs> a whole arena. Okay, I didn't people. hear that part. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jaxi, were you worried at all about this whole MJF situation? Because it kind of come, it didn't come out, out of the blue. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, yeah, I was. I just thought to myself uh, that, that out of everything, I was thinking more about Wardlow and what this you know, kind of it would would mean if if it was true that you know he didn't turn up, and uh, I just kind of felt a bit bad for him. Um, you know, I I also feel like you know it was a greatly anticipated match that like you know a, a lot of fans wanted, so it would have been extremely upsetting if had that had 
not happened. Um, but I also do think it was a, a, a bit of a, a smart move because it was just sort of number one trending throughout the whole day. Yeah, I think right. that, that, yeah, it did bring excitement towards the pay-per-view. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, Gina, I'll ask you this question because obviously with Cody going to WWE uh, and the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation at this moment in time, is MJF doing this just because of, like we talk about, what has been going on and WWE actually being an alternative now for AEW wrestlers as opposed to maybe a couple of years ago, it was all W love? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely say that. With, with, with all these different changes just happening, they, they all keep happening out of the blue as well. Um, you never know what to expect with these things. I definitely think MJF has taken advantage of current situations that are ongoing at the moment and knowing that he could possibly weave that to more of his advantage to possibly get a better deal you know with that threat it looming under there um i also i i don't know i also think that it's it's hard because everything that mjf does at the moment every even though everybody hates him everything he does and says is kind of true it's like he kind of breaks that fourth wall and so you do, you you kind of want to shout and scream at him. Just give give him whatever contract he's asking for. He's the best thing in AEW at the moment. So I don't see what the problem is here. But I do think that um, they've realised that they can keep the light on AEW by pushing this a little bit more in terms of storyline. Um, so I yeah, I definitely think it's taken advantage of of the current situations that are happening in the in the wrestling world at the moment. And also, I think it's brilliant that. In 2022, you need to talk about kayfabe dying years and years ago. That we are having a discussion where something has actually worked or a shoe or what is going on with it. And I think that only shows that professional wrestling can still work the best it has done for all these years as well. So, like I said, we're going sure. to dig deep into the MJF situation and, of course, the fallout from it. But we are going to start double or nothing. And we had the buy in to begin with with uh, Max Caster uh, with the Arse Boys uh, performing a rap. Uh, Bowen's coming out just shouting arse at the end. Uh, these four are wildly entertaining, but I actually don't watch Dark or Elevation, so I'm not seeing a lot of these guys at the moment. Um, but again, they are they're really, really... Jaxie, are you a fan of the Arse Boys? And especially Billy Gunn's relationship with the Acclaimed. Yeah, um, I actually am. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoy kind of. I do watch um, a lot of the dark and elevation that um, uh, happens weekly, and uh, I I feel like you know that they're, they're really kind of doing uh, so much uh, character build on there. It's highly entertaining um, watching sort of like this whole thing come together because. I didn't really know how it was going to work uh, when I uh, when with the Ass Boys and and uh, the Acclaimed working together, uh, but they've really just kind of done well with it. Um, they could actually have this as an ongoing storyline at the moment um, and actually kind of bring new light to it, you know, um, within tag team wrestling, like feuding over uh, sort of Daddy Gun um, at some point between both of them. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just great entertainment that i'm enjoying at the moment yeah excellent well we'll move on to the match on the bind which was a tag match and a debut of hookhausen versus tony nice the smart mark sterling 
Um, good pop for Dan Housen uh, and, of course, Hook. Uh, Smart Mark wearing wrestling gear is a sight you can't unsee. And this is good as well because Tony Nese, his dream well, after leaving WWE because he was sick of being on kickoffs to go to AEW and a buy-in. There you go. He's living the dream right now. <laughs> but to be fair, he does look absolute, which is a word I came up for Tony Nese because his abs were so impressive. I had to kind of think. So absolute, he definitely was. As for the match, well, he shook off curses from Danhausen to beat him down, cut him off with his partner. Hot tag to hook, spark the comeback for the popular tandem and culminated with a second generation star tagging in his very nice, very evil partner so that he could score the pinfall on Sterling. Uh, Monty, what did you think of the opening match? Well, I think it served his purpose. You know, it was fun. You know, I, I, I don't know if I would say comedy match, but it definitely had comedy spots. It probably was a comedy match. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it, I don't think it overstayed his welcome. We finally got to see this team together. We got to see Dan House and do a little bit. And Sterling, I thought, did a good job selling, you know. And, uh, and you know, like you said, his look was definitely eye-catching. <laughs> uh, but it was a satisfying debut for the team, I think. So, I, I don't – the hot crowd, too, was there. Uh, you know, the wrestling here wasn't anything special, but it didn't have to be. So, I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, I thought it was, a, like I said, the perfect um, buy-in show match where it's sort of team that we wanted to see in a match we were actually interested in. Didn't really last long. And you only have to look at RK Bro for an oddball team to kind of work as well. I'm going to score that three and three, five. Gina, what do you think of that? Yeah, I thought the match was good. I wasn't a massive fan of Dan Housen when he first came into it. So, um I wouldn't exactly say I'm a massive fan now, but I kind of appreciate his character a bit more. Um, and I, I was I was entertained. You know, there are sometimes you get a buy-in or, um, you know, a pre-show and you're not really interested in the match that's on it because it's usually a random match. But where we've had the build-up for this match as well, there was a lot of anticipation. So a lot of people were excited to watch this buy-in and be there from the very start. Um, and I think that's what made made the match work well as well. But yeah, it was good. We just score out of five. Oh, um, I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a half is good. And Jaxie? Yeah, um, agree with everything that you guys have said. Really, same as what Monty said. I don't think uh, it was like anything over the top and impressive wrestling wise, but I think it did what it needed to do to kind of start solidifying this as a, as a real tag team um, with potential. Um, and I don't know why, but I've got real sort of Booker T gold dust vibes with kind of the different personalities and things like that. So we'll, we'll definitely see where things go uh, for Hookhausen, um, but I'll, I'll do the same and rate it three and a half. Yeah, not bad stuff at all. Uh, well, with predictions, of course, we always do prediction leagues and we'll just go for it. We've got three prediction leagues. We've got the bonus league with Gina and Jaxie on five at the moment. Monty's on six. I'm on nine. The W pay-per-view league where we've got Gina on two and Monty, Jaxie and James all on three. And then the AW prediction league, which was focusing on obviously today, Gina and Monty on zero at this moment with one so we'll find out what happens we all went hookhausen so we all get one 
point each to start. And of course, we ask about polls as well. And Hookhausen got 94% of the vote, which means they were pretty strong favourites. Um, we move on to the main show. And do, I mean, I'll ask you first, Monty. Do you think MJF and Wardlow would have started the show? Apparently, that was a plan originally, but I thought it was a bit of a weird position. Yeah, I mean, maybe I do think it kind of maybe was weird, but honestly, I didn't necessarily, I, I, I didn't mind it. I think it made the most sense, honestly. Uh, but maybe, uh, maybe they did switch it with the headlines going into the show. It probably made more sense with all those headlines to get it over with and, you know, try to uh, make it look as much like more conflict as, it, you know, than it was uh, or whatever. It kind of played into the drama better at the first match, I kind of think. But I don't know uh, necessarily if it. I don't necessarily know what would have led off. Like, I guess they had other options that could have led it off, but they had plenty of them with all these matches. So I guess you definitely <laughs> had plenty to choose from. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I don't mind it as an opening match though, because like I said, I think it played into the story and all that. Well, and it also kind of confirmed to me this is probably going to be a squad. <laughs> well, we did hear MJF music to start, and the sort of uh, have kept us waiting uh, for a little while. I mean, I did think he would show up, but again, his perfect kind of heel tactics. And mm-hmm. of course, the story of the weekend, MJF even mimicking an airplane uh, <laughs> before Mr. Mayhem made his entrance, of course, flanked by security. Um, well, Max tried everything he could to try and escape the inevitable, but Wardlow cut him off at every term and dealt in punishment. That was two and a half years in the making. The War Dog obliterated MJF with 10 power bombs. The fans in Las Vegas erupting after each one. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this match? Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good match. I, I think I predicted on the um, on our prediction show that it wasn't going to be a long match. Um, I'm not surprised that it was the first match. For some reason, I kind of got, you know, the Brock Lesnar vibes in terms of I'm either the first match or I'm either the last match. And for some reason, I had a feeling that MJF was the same. Like, I'm either the first or the last match. That's it. So I feel like I wasn't shocked to see it as the first match. Um, and yeah, it, it was good for as long as it went. It gave the crowd what they wanted. Um, so yeah, I'd say it was good. I, I'd give it like a three and three quarters. Yeah, well, like you said, the reaction from the crowd, it was, it was real feelings as well, you know. And MGS got one of the biggest reactions. The people who were chanting that showed up, you know, cheering and then go fuck himself, which again, to, to ride that spectrum. But he did do his job. Um, was 10 too much of a punishment jacksey do you reckon do you think they could have stopped at five hell no uh i definitely think he deserved 10 power bombs he gave the man 10 lashes with a belt and the last one being right to the balls so no he deserved <laughs> all 10 of them <laughs> but he took them with absolute grace um and the, the thing that topped it this whole sort of opening match that just made it like the perfect opener for me was how MJF was like sort of carted off. Like, mm. I don't know what they were, whether or not the crew really knew what they were doing. They had like the eye mask over, like that they had the, the mask over his eyes rather than, than his uh, mouth. Um, yeah. It was just brilliantly done. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, sort of, 
the aspect of it be it, it being first because if it was like the most talked about sort of uh discussion leading up to uh double or nothing so i felt like you needed to get this out the way because everyone's just otherwise going to be wondering and their minds and thoughts are always going to be going back to mjf like is he there is he going to come out you know that sort of thing so um i think it was uh well placed i'm not sure if it was originally meant to be there but if it wasn't and they moved it there that was a smart move again by them yeah what would you score out of five yeah i'm gonna give it like a three three and three quarters i think yeah no i mean like i said the stretcher job was great tony shivani interviewing the winner uh, and the ramp confirmed that Wardlow is now all elite. And, you know, what is next for Wardlow? Uh, Monty, what's next for Wardlow and what's your score? Uh, my score was three and three quarters also. I agree with Jackson. You know, the match went exactly how it was supposed to go. Uh, and uh, I thought it ended the angle perfectly, it was executed the right way. Uh, and the backstage chatter only made the heat even better, so the crowd was perfect. So, you know, uh, you know, I... I gave it three and three quarters. It wasn't really much of a match. It kind of just finished the angle. But as far as what's next with Ward, for the Wardlow, I think it's probably just going to continue to go on a streak, you know, for a while, continue to rebuild them up, maybe uh, a title shot of some sort. I don't necessarily know if you go uh, World or TNT quite yet. I don't know where what's next, but he's definitely going to be a champion down the line. Or, like, cause whenever he fight a Scorpio, I prob- we probably would say Wardlow would win right now the way he's been booked. So I don't know, but We'll have to wait and see, but I think the immediate first step is probably just continue to um, send him guys to Powerball. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would be an interesting thing to do. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five because I think that it needed to be uh, predictions. We all went world low, so we're all on two points at this moment in time. And poll-wise, uh, with that, Wardlow again getting 90% of the vote so these polls have not been close uh, recent times at all and up next we get the Hardys versus the Young Bucks and an Elvis Presley inspired entrance for the Bucks as Super Kick Party rang out in Vegas as Caprice Coleman joined commentary for the Delete versus Elite and this was billed as a dream match between two of the best tag team in wrestling history and it might have been the case maybe five or 10 years ago, but for me, this was a tale of two halves. The first was slow, plodding, featuring a Jeff Hardy that appeared out of it and a step slower than everyone else. He struggled with Matt audibly calling his spots for him, and the match suffered for it, but he did manage to recover somewhat, and the match flowed. The Bucks are loaded super kicks, and their opponents defiantly dared them to bring more. They did, but it was in that Hardy's absorbed and advanced with Jeff Dinn. The final blow to Matt Jackson by way of a death-defying swanton bomb, then joining his brother in putting Nick away for the win. Um, Jackson, what did you think of this? Yeah, um, I I thought it was good. I, I think that uh, Jeff hasn't had enough time off in between like some of his m- most recent matches. So I feel like... Um, his movements were a lot slower because of uh, as a result of that. Uh, but overall, I actually enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good. 
um, really enjoyed seeing like kind of the the brother the brotherness uh, of the teams on either side um, and kind of like the co- how coherently they all work together. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was kind of like a, a feel good match that that you know was just kind of given to us fans of nostalgia. So um, for me, I'm I'm gonna say it's not bad. I'm gonna give it a three and a half just because I really did enjoy it. Yeah, um, Gina, what about you? Yeah, um, again, I can't really say much else apart from the other two. So it was a good match. I'm a bit disappointed that um, I I didn't get the point for that one. I I did genuinely think that we'd probably get another match between them. But after watching this one, I kind of realised, no, just let the Hardys win it and give Jeff some time off to rest and recuperate. Um, So, yeah, no, it was a good match. I enjoyed it, but I, I do think that, you know, Jeff did struggle and it was very apparent. So for me, I am going to give it a three just for that. That's it was hard point. to watch. This is a thing. And it, for me as well, it's because I'm always trying to look at different stuff and I'm seeing Jeff kind of playing on what he's doing. And suddenly like his boot just comes undone. And I'm thinking, why would he not make sure that was sorted before he kind of made his entrance? I mean, Matt Hardy did try his best. Uh, Monty, what do you think of it? Because it's just a bit odd, I thought. I thought. Yeah, man, I have respect for both these teams, and I have to commend the Bucks first, and like you said, Matt, for basically carrying Jeff through it. And uh, they did a ton of the heavy lifting in this one. But, you know, like I said, Jeff needs to recover from his injuries, which are probably most likely picked up because AEW thought they signed 22-year-old Jeff Hardy, or, <laughs> or this was not – they had him jumping off everything since his debut. And not, it's like he's 99 again. And, like, of course he's going to need time off after all that. He's, he's 40, you know, three, 40. You know, he's not, he's not you know, going to recover the same from those bumps like he used to. You need weeks off in, a, in, you know, in between. I didn't like it when WWE had him bumping a couple years back like that still. I just, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Jeff is going to be Jeff, so I guess you kind of have to expect it. And they, they did try. They did save this match, like you said, as, as it went on later. It finished pretty nicely, but... You know, Jeff's tried at least five swan times in here, and they just get harder and harder to watch <laughs> and the more he does it at this point. But I gave it three and a half stars, man. It, uh, you know, it was almost laughable that time how bad uh, Jeff got. And like you said, he just need, he needs to, he needs time off. He really does. You can see yeah. it. Uh, he cannot bump like he's been doing and then be expected to wrestle as much as he wrestled. No, without a doubt. Like I said, uh, three and a half for me there. Prediction-wise, uh, Gina and Jaxie went the Bucks, they stay on two. Monty and me went the Hardy, so we moved to three. Uh, poll-wise on that one, we have the Hardys at 64%. Uh, so they were the favourites there. And we move on to the TBS Championship match. Anna J versus Jade Cargill. Of course, Cargill got the Cody Vader flanked by Vader's dancers as the baddies watch from the front row. And it was a valiant effort. Uh, we saw interference from Kira Hogan, Red Velvet and Mark Sterling. Not to mention the debut of Stokely Hathaway. Jay fell prey to a top rope. Jade's as Cargill earned another impressive victory. After the match, Chris Statler came to the defense of a friend. For the fallen goddess Athena, former Ember Moon Maiden, and stood side by side with the baby faces. Monty, before I get your thoughts on the match, Jaxie, do you want to say you told us so? 
I told you so. I was hoping you were going to let me say this. I told you all. I actually predicted that it was going to be Ember Moon, a.k.a. Athena, coming out to make the save after Jade wins and just, you know, beats on on Anna after. I told you. I told you. Just saying. Thank you, James. Monty, what do you think of them? Jack Stradamus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh... You know, uh, the match, like you said, I, I wasn't really feeling it, but like it, it's mostly because of the build. Like Anna, like who actually believed she was going to win it anyway, even if, uh, when, you know, as the match finally got its legs under it. But, uh, you know, Jade looked to be the more improved of the two, honestly, since their last match. But it makes sense because Jade has actually been on TV consistently and working. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was, I was excited to see Stokely and, uh, you know, with Athena coming out. That at least made this match feel like it accomplished something for me. Uh, but, man, this was kind of overbooked, too. Uh, but I still gave it, like, three stars. It was still decent to me, though. Yeah, no, I gave it a three and a quarter. But I just felt there was a couple of things. Jade Cargill's – I mean, Jaxie must have been happy when, um, like we said, Athena showed up. But not as happy as Jade Cargill. Someone should tell her that that was meant to be a threat and not to look <laughs> <laughs> she did show up. Um, and again, Malcolm Bivens, the former Malcolm Bivens showing up as Jay Cargill's mouthpiece makes sense. But what is it with Ember Moon trying to take on an undefeated fighter on the winning streak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's obsessed with that one, man. She, not. she always reaches for the top. She always reaches for the top. <laughs> she won't let it lie. Can she stop the 32? And I will be interested to say, uh, Jaxie, what did you score that? Obviously, with the feel good moment at the end. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I must agree with kind of what both of yourself and Monty have said, though, like that because there was not much build to the match. I'm trying to actually think about the match as well, not just sort of my excitement at getting it right, um, getting the, the ending right. Uh you know, I, I do agree that I feel like Jade has greatly improved in the ring and she's so entertaining to watch for me. Um, I, I can't, Even though we don't have an explanation, Ari uh, Red Velvet turning heel, I really do like this aspect of the baddies as well. And I did say about needing someone to kind of come in fresh faced and be like, I'm going to attempt that to break that streak. I think Amber Moon is a great choice for for, for this. Um you know, as you guys have said, she's got a history for trying to break streaks. So let's see whether or not she can actually do it on this one. Um, I kind of agreed with you, James, and I went with uh, three and a quarter on this one. I, the quarter is that extra quarter is for uh, Athena and her entrance and her, her arrival into AEW. Yeah, I think without doubt. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I agree again with what you guys have said. Um, the lack of build-up to this match didn't make it the most exciting um, to look forward to, but I, I knew that there would be some sort of tomfoolery with the with the baddies at play, and so something could have come from it. I didn't assume um, Athena was going to be there, but I did. I did think she was going to be coming to AEW at some point, so I, I was super pleased with her arrival. Um, but the match itself, it was okay. It was standard. Um, I just think the lack of builds just made it a bit of a, a bit of a basic match in my eyes. So yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it three. Yeah, no, that's fine. Well, well prediction-wise, we all went Jade. So at the moment, it is uh, Monty and myself and four Jacks. 
and three pole wise for that one jay cargill again i don't know i mean we've been doing polls a long long time and i don't think we've had more one-sided polls especially like the first kind of four matches again jay cargill with 79 percent you could argue that maybe she was a more firmer favorite than say the hardys were um I don't know if I mentioned Anna's tight splitting. I did mention it about Charlotte a couple of months ago, so we'll mention about Anna. A bit weird, I suppose, but still. Uh, and then we move on to Death Triangle versus the House of Black. And uh, like the entrances themselves were absolutely kind of mind-boggling. It made it feel like a big deal. And all six men in this match had expanded roles as well. We talk about the entrances, Death Triangle accompanied by a tiny Penta. And of course, Alex Abahantes. And the crowd was red hot for every spot. With all six competitors had ended to be built up. Bumps later in the bout. Pack appeared to be rolling after uh, Phoenix and Penta laid out Buddy Matthews and Brody King. Leaving Black to fend for himself. But Black, looking like a total badass, welcomed a beating from his opponents. For lane two out of the three with a black mass finisher. And just as the bastards settled the black hour in the arena darkland. And when the lights came back up, Judy Hart blinded him with a black miss. Pledger leads it to the hills. And black gets the victory. Gina, what do you think of this? This was probably one of my favourite matches of Double or Nothing. It was awesome. Um, there's too much that happened to even like break it down fully and explain to you so if anyone hasn't seen it you need to just go watch the match for yourself um i was thoroughly entertained from beginning to end everyone got their own spots i just i i need to see more between these these two teams because this this is an ongoing feud i'd love to go on forever um and never be bored by them i would give i would rate the match very highly so i'd give it a five yeah, I mean, like I said, but for me, bit silly before I get to serious. The masks and the face paints were great, but I couldn't help think of Danhausen and the amount of black and white face paint actually used backstage at that point in time. Because obviously, <laughs> the whole house of black, you got Penty, you got Danhausen, you're thinking who else is going to get involved? Darby's on the show. Thunder Rosa, yeah, Whoever's making face paint for AW is making a killing. He's given them a bit of a day off, so <laughs> they didn't mind that. There's <laughs> things like have mine. There you go. You yeah. Jeff, I forgot Jeff. Didn't yeah. Jeff? Oh yeah, Jeff. Jeff yeah. always paints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a fair, there's a fair few. Uh, give me Pack versus Buddy. That's the match I oh, want. Yes, yes, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, not since the Shield versus the Whites have I enjoyed two teams going at it with the kind of story into it, the the kind of the history of each team as well. I mean, yes, there were a couple of missteps. Brody nearly broke his back on the apron. Uh, and the spot, like you talk about, Gina, so many spots, but Buddy getting uh, destroyed on the apron is saying that was highly, highly impressive. Uh, Monty, what would you score out of five? Yeah, I gave it four and a quarter, man. It was awesome, you know. And after the awesome match they had on the buy-in at the last big show, I, I was just I was happy that that the uh, you know that they was on the main card here and they was able to just kind of just I don't I don't even want to say set a tone, but this kind of woke me up. It was it was I knew it was gonna be a long night, 
I wasn't necessarily into the most uh, most of the card above this, and but this match really had me excited. Okay, all right, all right this can be a, a special night. It was a pure, it was a sprint, you know. It was like you said, chaos, but it was just fun, man. Everybody here got to shine, and uh, it was physical too, like you mentioned, just very, very physical. I love Brody King getting a chance to look like a monster, and Julius Turner was cool, and I, I guess it was right at the right time now, so. I can't wait to see what happens next for them. But what does Death Triangle do next? If they're going to continue this, I would like it to just break off, like you said, more into more singles feuds. Like, all of them would be fun. Phoenix and Black just fighting in a series of matches would be awesome. Like, so they they all they have just great chemistry, all six of these guys. So they could do more forever, and I don't think we'll be tired of it. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I think, like I said, excellent, excellent action there. Yeah, Jaxie, what would you score that? Because, like I said, the two teams just mesh perfectly as well. Again, yeah, I have to agree with everything all of you guys have said. Um, I've got nothing else to point out except for they need to bring in trios, tag belts, ASAP. And I'm not sure who deserves it more first, but one of these two teams need to be the first champions. And then we need to continue seeing this ongoing feud i do not ever want to think i'll ever get bored of a match between the lucha frozen pack and the house of black so get some trios belts and have them continuously fight forever i'll be satisfied i'm gonna give this an easy five it was really really great for me this match and yes finally julia hart turned a bit uh, a bit late but i think it was uh, at the right timing uh, uh during the match as well so it worked yeah, well, we, we, like I said, we've discussed in Junior Hart for a long, long time. So it's nice to see her finally getting a kind of moment here. And it'll be interesting to see where they go for that. Uh, and, and also, Monty, to go back on your point quickly, this is the first match of the card. I mean, don't get me wrong. MJF and Wardo is a match I wanted to see, but we knew what was going to happen in it. Um, I think mm-hmm. this was the first one mm-hmm. that kind of said, woke up the crowd. We weren't sure which way it was going to go. And it actually felt like a proper... AEW pay-per-view as opposed to yeah. no offence to what came before it a rampage or a dynamite you know right exactly and that's exactly I, I was looking forward to MJF but we knew it was going to probably be a slaughter so yeah this match really set a, like I said set a tone even though it was later in the show yeah I'm going to give that four and three quarters out of five predictions we all went house of blacks so at the moment Monty and I on five Gina and Jackson on four Poll-wise, we'll have a look at that right now. We talked about how close it would be to House of Black with 69% of the vote for, again, that is still quite a big uh, swing as it was. Uh, We'll move on to the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Final. Oh, my God, this was an hour of my life. I'm never going to get back. So let's let's get to it. Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament. Joe versus Adam Cole. Uh, Mike Kyoda provided ref duties for an inaugural men's final. Didn't know what corner to go in to begin with, but then soon settled down. We had huge Owen chance erupt in the arena. Adam Cole in pink tights and Cole controlled Joe. But this match for me just didn't get out of third gear. Uh, towards the end, we get Vintage Joe with a powerbomb into the SDF combo. And then Bobby Fish ran in to deliver an arm ringer. Cole owed a boom but missed with Joe briefly locking the cookie in the clutch. Uh, sent fish packing the superkick party and the boom from Cole got the win and it's going to announce the official presentation celebrating to occur after the women's final later in the night um, 
It's a battle of the former NXT champions. Never met before. We are getting an AEW pay-per-view. It did make me think. Do you think Tony Khan did tell Martha that they were both ex-WWE guys? He probably didn't. Uh, but anyway, as, as the match itself, Jaxie, what do you think of this? Yeah, um, I, it was it was a good match. It just for me, I don't know why, but it, it wasn't like my favorite. I I don't think. Um, the minute I saw Adam Cole come out in the pink, I knew I screwed up again, and I just uh, yeah, it was just it was just frustrating. I think because um, I I don't necessarily feel like the match had that much time to kind of get into a point where it could be like awesome. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know why I wasn't really feeling this match. So it didn't really do much for me. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three. So. No, I mean, like I said, but this match for me, it was basic, you know, I think yeah. that's uh, be fair. It could have been kind of like, a, you know, one of those type of matches um, that you see on, on, you know, the normal Dynamite or Rampage. It kind of didn't feel like a, a, a finals of a of the Owen Cup, you know. Um, I know that we got this or Owen chance and stuff, but that's the only thing that sort of reminded you that this is actually for the uh, to win the, the Owen Cup. So, yeah. yeah. Well, not to be that guy, but it's like you've got you've got one wrestler who has been, you know, Shawn Michaels and the comparisons between him and Shawn Michaels since he started his career. Mm. And then Samoa Joe. So it's not kind of uh, like, at least with Carla Riley, as we spoke about in the pre-show, mm. he is Canadian. He is in a group where he is not the main star, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. So the similarities was there. But obviously, uh, Tony Khan hates us. But in all seriousness, yeah. though, um, Gina, what did you think? Because, like I said, it just didn't light up maybe what we were expecting. Yeah, I definitely agree with you all there. Um, even even when you guys just mentioned it and we're talking this, about the spots right now, I I'm trying to remember the match. It it, it didn't stand out to me. It was one of those matches that I probably, if I was in the arena, would have used as my toilet break mm. because I would have probably zoned out a bit. I mean, they're both good individual wrestlers and I, I always enjoy matches that they're both involved in. I just wasn't really committed to this match and found myself wondering a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a three and a quarter. And Monty? Yeah, I was the same way. I, I think maybe it was because of that, uh, the, the match right before it was just nonstop, but, like, this match was slow, too. You know, it just, like you said, it had no fire. It, it uh, for a tournament final, don't get me started. I'm watching the best of the Super Juniors. I'm watch, I've watched G1s. I watch tournaments where the energy, even where they're, the rules is for them not to make noise. They're breaking the rules because the matches get so intense over there. So uh, I, maybe that's probably too what I was comparing it to. But it just, yeah, it just drained. The finish felt lazy because I was like, all right, well they could that that felt very like regular show type of finish. Like, all right, if you're gonna do a tournament like this. For Owen, like, I felt like you should have a hard, you know, fought type of victory finish anyway. And it only went, I don't know, I don't know how long it went, like 10 minutes or whatever. But, you know, it was solid, like you said, you know, it's all solid. But three and a half was about where I was at or three and three quarters, something like that. You know, Adam Cole, I guess, did need an accomplishment, but uh, in AEW. But, you know, uh, yeah, this match did not move me. 
Yeah, well, at least have Jay Lethal and the tall fella come down to continue that yeah. story as opposed to... Yeah, like, like Bobby you Fish, like, you, like, you expect it, but it was like, all right, maybe tonight they'll, you know, do it differently. But, you know, they went right down the, like you said, the basic path. Yeah. Well, Monty, you did fall on your sword here with predictions because you could have yes. gone uh, Adam Cole, but you did stick with Joe, mm-hmm. which hasn't helped you out here. But it does mean Jackson and Gina... I've caught up with you now, so you you mm-hmm. three are on five points, and I am in the I lead with six. <laughs> well, we don't know. Who knows? Well, we do, but we don't. But who knows? Um, Adam Cole got 60% of the vote there in the poll, uh, which makes sense as well. And then we had, I mean, because I watched this on catch-up, at this point, I'm looking at it and thinking, right, this is our seventh match coming up. Why is there still three hours left? That, that's oh, the only we, thing. <laughs> oh, I was so tired. I was I was already yawning at this point. <laughs> Halfway through the card. Uh, but anyway, the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament Final. Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker. DMD calls Fozzie's Rich Ward on guitar duties for Baker's entrance. They will him out on the pay-per-views because he's just standing around Jericho's kind of locker room. But he is no Rick Boogs. <laughs> Uh, we did get allegedly rancid playing a live rendition of Ruby Soho. Do you know what? It's a great performance. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was I was pleasantly surprised by this. Um, as for the match, well, Ruby would not stay down, taking a ton of punishment uh, before Flatman Baker would see a suplex and a top rope sent on bombs away for a near fall. But Baker utilised the counter to the victory roll, much like Owen Hart did against brother Brett at his most famous factory WrestleMania 10 to get the win. Brett helped Ruby get to her feet in a begrudging show of respect before going to the entrance where Tony Schiavone was there uh, with Adam Cole. Introduced Martha Hart, who brought out by Tony Khan. We get huge Owen chants and a thank you Martha chant ringing out. And she delivered a speech honoring the legacy of the great Owen Hart and saying the thank yous. But this might be the first time I ever said, hurry the fuck up, Martha. And I mean, I didn't mean it in a horrible way. It was just it felt long. Um, anyway, Monty, what did you think of the match before we get on to the coronation ceremony? OK, uh, well, the, like you said, the match, uh, I thought Ruby you know, did what she could. And they and, they, 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 and I did love I want to mention I do love the on heart spots, but. You know, I still only could give it like three and a half or whatever because I just don't agree with uh, booking Baker to win here. Uh, I just I hate whenever uh, you portray a character as they cannot win the big one and then you make them lose another big one against the same person they lost the first one. Like it's like, what do you do with with Ruby or like, what do you do with her after that? Honestly, I just didn't like that move, even if it was predictable. So I, you know, it is what it is. I guess. Uh, you know, like I said, the match itself, in my opinion, wasn't really bad, you know, because like I said, the on hard spots were cool and I didn't mind the finish either. But, yeah, I just don't agree with the booking decision. So I gave it three and a half. Well, I did warn everybody, you know, that the issue. Oh, no, you, you did. You definitely did. <laughs> the issue in AEW is the emphasis on Jade Cargill and Britt Baker and like yeah. Soho. With, like you said, losing at the Grand Slam and her third shot at Marquee Victory, and she loses clean with no excuse to speak of. You know, right. I did joke 
saying Baker is the AEW version of Charlotte Flair. Uh, but it's kind of hard to argue. My only thing was, was that to get that moment with Baker and Cole together, both holding the titles, which we got. But Jaxie, am I being harsh on Martha or did she go longer than the matches? Um, I mean, I, I kind of didn't really mind Martha's speech, although I did actually feel like, I, you know, at one point there was like a few pauses that I was like, OK, come on. What, what else? To, come on then, you know. Um, but I, yeah, I can't hide my disappointment with this. Like we f- had in a total of three roll up pins for both semi-final matches and the final match of the women's Owen Hart Cup. Uh, it just is. It just is really uh, de- depleting knowing that you're just not letting the women have like actual f- finisher finishes. It's just baffling as to, you know, they're, they're reaching into WWE territory with this roll up pin stuff, and it just does make my eye roll. Um, I also agree. Like, what do you do with Ruby from here? And like, it was just so predictable. As soon as I saw Brett come out in the pink, I was like, oh, they're just going down the couple route. And like, I saw the sort of like hiding of the of belts there, and I just knew, oh, she's definitely winning because they're like, how are they going to have Adam Cole win this belt, become the King of Hearts, and then have Ruby Soho win it, win the belt? and then, like, become the Queen of Hearts. That looks odd. Like, but I just kind of wish that they wouldn't play on this so much, like, this whole couple thing. Like, I still agree with uh, you, James, in terms of, I, I feel like Kyle O'Reilly should have won it, Um, being, like, him being Canadian, him being, you know, someone that's not really sort of the main centre focus in the elite. I thought that this sort of thing would have been really good for him to have won, especially uh, with both of his matches being so great. Um, I thought he deserved it. And it would have been like a then a decent fit to then have Ruby win. And then like there would be like it wouldn't have like been awkward. It's just, yeah, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in the match overall, as well as uh, like the, the the finish. Sorry, not like, you know, the wrestling was good. But again, it kind of felt like, you know, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe's match. Like there was nothing for me that really stood out. And then like it kind of depleted with that finish. So for me. I'm sorry, I'm going to give that a three. No problem. I mean, for me, what I noticed was they had the table with the belts and the trophy on as mm. Adam Cole made his way down to the ring and then yeah. moved it as Adam Cole made his way back up and then yeah. put it back in place when the women's match is on. I'm thinking, why move it? <laughs> like, yeah. Who's falling over that? They, they're going to know there's a table there with a trophy on, surely. Like, I, mean, I, think, I think they only moved it because Rancid obviously were playing at the top of the ramp and then so was the guy from Fozzie. But like, I, again, another thing that I want to point out is that I just feel like because maybe Ruby got Rancid to play, maybe Britt last minute was just like, yo, Chris Jericho, lend me your guitarist <laughs> to just play my part because I'm the one winning this. So I need something for my entrance too. That's all yeah. I could like kind of see um, stemming from, from the fact, cause I was like, why the hell would he be playing her like track anyway? And then it made sense when, when Ruby Soho had the actual band out. So yeah, it just, like, I think the wrong person won. Yeah. Well, we'll get on that to the second. Gina, um, I hope you haven't got any resentment towards your picks. What did you think of the match? No, my sister pretty much explained how I feel as well. I'm, I'm definitely just... What disappointed me? I'm really disappointed me. I've lost out on this point again. But I 
genuinely thought Ruby was getting this win because I was like, she can't lose to Brit again. Surely not. They they can't. They got to give this to Ruby. Surely. So I am a little bit annoyed at the fact that Ruby's lost, but I'm even more annoyed about the roll-up pin situation. What annoys me is the is the fact that it's the semi, the two semi-finals and the final that had these roll-up pins. Like, surely if you're going to have roll-up pin wins during this cup, you would have it in more of the beginner matches, not in the actual finals where you want it to be an epic match and finish in an epic way. And for me, that was just so deflating. It kind of killed the vibe of the match itself for me. Um, I, so, yeah, I was disappointed. Well, no, I think the only problem with that is, especially if it's the Owen Hart tournament, you're expecting, the. I think the final match is to either be sharpshooter finish which, you know, was never going to happen, I think, mm. uh, for that. Or, like I said, the most famous victory for Owen with the roll-up. But, like I said, it happened in the women's match where I think it might have made more sense with Cole on Joe just through size in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what would you score that anyway? Oh, um, I'll give it a three and a quarter as well. No, I'm going to give it three and three quarters. I didn't mind it too bad. Uh, predictions? Again, I did tell you all. And I don't tell you all just because I like to hear the sound of my voice. That's part of the reason. Uh, So it means that I did go Britt Baker and the rest went Ruby. So everyone else is on five and I moved to seven. Poll wise on that, this was close. Britt Baker, 60% of the vote. And then up next, a six person tag team match. And if you arrived at this match, unsure who to cheer or why to care, you're not alone. No one was particularly likable or even presented as a babyface. And the booking leading to it, the match itself, was all over the place. But we did get the second appearance for the Cody Vader as the man of Nitin inspired Sammy Guevara and Tay Conte made their ring. Uh, Van Zandt started, which is the point of the whole thing in the first place. So I guess that worked. The tension between Kaz and Sammy over the latter's continued focus on his girlfriend. Roman ejected the hand, got in the way. Moves were executed with a few spots and Guevara blasted Conte in the most talked about spot in the bout. In the end, though, it was TNT champ Scorpio Sky delivering TKO to Kaz for the win. I'm sure neither he or Guevara can challenge for the titles again. Uh, Gina, what do you think of it? Uh, I mean, it was it was okay. I think I was making tea at this point. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. I Again, as you off, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you said, I wasn't truly bothered by who actually won this match. Or, I mean, I think, I think in all honesty, we wanted, we didn't want Sammy to win just because we are so sick of Sammy and his TNT reign. He doesn't need another one. He's had enough. So none of us wanted that. So I guess my my the people that I would have wanted to win are, are going to be the you know Scorpio Sky and Page and Ethan. So. Yeah, it was okay. They did it. I will give Paige her dues. You know, it was her first major match and she did it in front of like so many people, such a big crowd. That's not easy to do. And I think she did well for the like what she what she was able to give us. So I definitely will say that Ty and um, Sammy helped her a lot in a lot of the spots. And I did notice that. So and the one thing I will give uh, Ty and Sammy is they play their annoying roles well. They do commit to them. They're like, oh, do you know what? If you're going to hate us, we're going to go all out and make you truly hate us. And they did it well. So I'll give them that. It was entertaining. I'm really, really grateful 
for Scorpio getting the win and just finally putting an end to Sammy going for the belt because I just do not want to see that carry on. I'm so sick of it. So um, it was a good match in my eyes. And yeah, I'll give it like a three and three quarters. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing for me. It's too much kissing. I mean, the only person I know loves watching like people wrestling kissing is Jerry the King Lawyer. He would be all over that. But for me, <laughs> I, I just, you know, just too much. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, definitely Paige, too much. They could tone it down yeah, a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Paige did all right like that is an excellent point. But did anybody else find that Kaz just didn't seem interested in challenging for title after a while? Because he's like, look, I know the stipulation, but I just think you're a prick. So I don't mind not challenging for this title as long as you can't. That's what it felt like uh, yeah. towards the end. Um, Jaxie, what would you score that? I have to agree with you guys. Like, uh, I, th- I feel like this match was predominantly to kind of showcase Paige. Uh, they've been talking about her so much and, you know, she did officially sign a contract, but yet not had a match. So this kind of was really about her. I do agree that Sammy and uh, Ty just, you know, sort of played their, their role well. Um, it's very annoying, but they played it well. Um, and they also kind of helped her in certain spots. Was I like the biggest fan of this match? No, I feel like it was a bit messy, if I'm honest. And just kind of like I kind of got lost the plot at one point. Like, because Arian, are you teaming with them or not? You argue, who are you fighting? Who are you fighting with? Yeah. You know, like that sort of thing. So, you know, it was OK. I think, uh, you know, Paige probably came out looking the best out of the match. Um, I'm just going to be a bit harsh and I'm just going to score it a three. That's fair enough. I mean, I think we can all hope, Monty, that this is over forever now. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, I don't. Uh, I hope so. Uh, and you know, this is possibly the worst angle in AEW history. It just didn't make any sense. Uh, you know, for the most part, and uh, you know, the match ended up being fine to me. I, I didn't mind Sammy uh, kicking Ty, and I didn't mind. Of you know Frankie basically saying screw them even though he you know he came back or whatever which kind of led to the kick anyway but uh you know like you said Paige was fine for her debut she's gonna she need a little bit more you know seasoning and with time she'll probably be even better and uh you know Scorpio and Paige uh, Scorpio uh, and Kazarian and uh, Ethan Page not you know <laughs> Paige Van Zant but anyway. Ethan Page, they did. They were all solid. They did their jobs well, in my opinion. But I do wonder with Tammy, uh, with Ty and Sammy, Tammy, (laughs) Ty and Sammy, uh, (laughs) with their uh, being so committed to this role now, uh, and it's such a departure from where they both were. They both were taken way more seriously in their respective divisions. And it's like you said, with all that kissing, they keep sucking each other's face. How, how, How can anyone ever take them seriously? So I just hope this doesn't mean. The heat that they're getting now, which is they're doing a good job, but I hope that doesn't turn into like never taking them seriously down the line, you know, because yeah. of just how much they're gleaning into it. So I gave it three and a half, though. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it, but you know, I wouldn't like you said. My expectations were low from the beginning. But this is what we spoke about because even with Lita and the Broken Skull sessions a few weeks back, we spoke about her relationship with Edge and kind of how about. That was different because Edge was on a a kind of rise to the top and he just needed that one little thing to switch the character. And that's what Lisa brought. Whereas Sammy, it's kind of 
even like you said, taking a step back now. And it's yeah. like, well, he's nowhere near the um, main, t- you know, the world title scene at all. The TNT right. title's not a thing. So what's next now? Is it a feud with Adam Cole and Britt Baker, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what do you do next? And how do you even make it? Because now they're almost to the point to where it's hard to even like them. Even in our, in this story where they tried to turn them back face at the end, they couldn't get people to like them. So I don't even understand it, what they're going to do with them next. Can we, not, can we not feed into, like, couples wrestling constantly? Like, I don't mind mixed tag wrestling. I actually really enjoy it. But I don't need to be seeing Anna Jay and yeah. Boy teaming up to go up against Britain and... And Adam Cole and oh, Kai. Yeah, me. like let's not let's not go that route. Yeah, like let let's not let's only do that like once in a while, please, please. Yeah, or like with WWE did a few years, a couple of years ago. It's like a mixed match challenge where yeah, you I, can. I you know, loved the mixed match challenge i honestly loved the whole concept behind it and you know again i, I have to actually give this shout out the miz and oscar was yes. the team i wasn't expecting to love so much it was great i loved it yeah i completely agree with you there uh yeah so three and a quarter out of five for me prediction we all went hills so the rest i'm gonna call you all the rest you're all on six I'm on eight at this moment in time. I hope no one minds. And then poll-wise, uh, with this American top team, with 70% of the vote as well. But a completely wasted hour in hindsight. You know, what have we accomplished in that past hour? There, Not on the pod, boys and yeah. girls. I'm, I'm talking about on the card of the, the they show. They could have definitely saved some of these matches for like a Dynamite and Rampage, you know, that they, they, they didn't need to be on this show and could have made it a hell of a lot, like, shorter. At this point on Twitter, people were asking, was this the worst AEW pay-per-view of all time? I've Ooh, seen wow. it in my own eyes. While it was going on, people wow. were on Twitter were asking, what, like, what, because, like, really, because that, that's how bad it was pacing at this point. Like, it was rough. It was really rough. Oh, wow. Well, God. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds are harsh. Well, to be fair, the opening was good, and the six, uh, the House of Black Death Triangle yeah. tag match yeah. was great. But everything else, like you said, just felt real filler. And even the next match, Darby Allen versus Kyle Ryan, I'm thinking, oh, not more filler. But right? These, yeah. These two guys did, though, set out to have a physical bout. Yeah, overcame yeah. the lackadaisical booking ahead of the crowd treatment on burnout to become one of the best on the show. Alan was his normal daredevil self, throwing his body around square circle for better or worse. And match of the Riley's physicality throughout. In the end, it was the strike every Riley who dropped a big knee on the former TNT champ to score the biggest singles victory of his AEW run so far. So Jaxie, a bit of a surprise. Uh, well, not for you, but for me, a bit surprised that Kyle Riley got the win. But what do you think of the match? Yeah, um, Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite underrated wrestlers. Um, I just really love uh, his technique. Um, I love how much he reads his opponent in, in the ring. Um, and I register that he reads his opponent's moves in the ring and, and acts on that. Um, I, I actually thought this was a great match. Did it need to be on the on the pay-per-view? No, it didn't. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I just think that Kyle O'Reilly was in the wrong match. I really do. He should have been in the own cup final. Yeah, um, well, let's think. Sorry, go on. No, that's right. I was just going to actually say, I'm, I'm actually going to give it a three and a quarter because I really enjoyed the match, but I really just didn't feel like it needed to be on the pay per view. 
Yeah, I mean, both gave it all. And you talk about Carlo Riley and, and obviously me, Monty, with NXT Update. Carlo Riley is one of the best wrestlers in the world. The problem is he's got no personality. And that's not a shot at him. It's just to watch him wrestle is enjoyable. But it's a bit bland. But Monty, we're talking about Carl's a little bit different in AEW as he has been in NXT. Do you think that? Yeah, I think the thing is, Kyle always showed personality when he was with the Undisputed Era. It's just like the way they depicted him. WWE stripped him of everything that made him cool, and then, and then they, they tried to actually call them their version of cool, and that ruined everything. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, he I don't think he's, like, lack of a personality. I just think he's not, like, the most, like, he's not the greatest talker. He's sarcastic. He's one of those guys, but he's always been awesome in the ring. Like, ever since Ring of Honor, before that, when he was in New, New Japan, like, he's always been awesome in the ring. So, I'm happy that he's finally getting the credit he deserves. I feel like with him, he it, it's more like his personality comes out more when he's uh with, like, Bobby Fish or Adam Cole or yeah, both he's of them. Yeah, you see that, yeah, you see that personality a hell of a lot more. But when when he's kind of either having a singles feud or just kind of coming out by himself, it, it's pretty easy to be able to, uh, you know, kind of lose that personality that he has when he's actually with them. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah he might is, play off them way better. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you strip it down to just him, like I said, the 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 dark days against Von Wagner are long gone, and apparently he signed a right. five-year contract. So there's going to be big plans, um, you know, in Cole's mind anyway, in AEW. Um, Darby fucked himself up with a dive. To yeah. You're going to be you're going to be right about it. I know you are. Uh, but you. the thing the thing I liked though was Excalibur saying, you know, because usually they try and cover it, and Excalibur going, no, actually he did catch his foot on that bottom rope and tripped and that's why it's kind of called a high risk and such a dangerous move because then you're explaining it and what didn't help is the production team when they're asking for a replay and they don't show it you know (laughs) maybe be a bit quicker with that uh monty what would you score that match yeah i I gave it four stars though it was uh, better than any right in the head to be considering the way it was booked uh and i thought this is one of those matches that once again woke me up on a long night of wrestling, I thought, okay, yeah, okay, they're really going hard, you know, it's for 10 minutes, you know, it made me a random place match, it definitely didn't deserve to be here on this card, but I was definitely shocked with Kyle winning clean, man, you know, uh, 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 Darby, you know, is a made man to, uh, to them, uh, last time I checked, you know, losses in the AW were supposed to matter, though, and he's racking them up, you know, in some of these big spots, but you know, Darby does win a lot too, so I guess I, I don't mind it. And uh, but the match still was fun, so I gave it four stars. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but I have mentioned Darby with his losing streak on pay per view yeah. before in singles action, and he's kind of shoehorned another pay per view to lose. And and yes, he's over, but again, don't uh, uh, even do a WWE way of oh this guy's over, so he he can lose, you know, because you know otherwise you don't build momentum. And when you think of you know, even a year ago where even MJF and Darby Adam were, you'd think, oh, Allen's going to be right on course next. And now he's kind of dropped down a little bit and others are overtaking. Um, so, so, and all it takes is one of those fucking dives, you know, goes wrong. And like I said, Monty, it's the end yeah. of his career. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this, though? Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm kind of like my sister. I really like Kyle O'Reilly. 
Um, I again, I, I didn't watch a lot of NXT, and when I did come into it, um, the Undisputed Era were currently doing the Dexter Loomis storyline with Kyle. You know, when he was getting freaked out seeing Dexter Loomis, um, and when I saw that, it, I I just instantly just warmed to Kyle. So for me, I feel like I do possibly have a little bit of a bias to him I really do like him and I I just felt like he did have his own kind of personality but he just is hidden behind the bigger personalities in his group you know um for me I did enjoy the match but again agree it went where the show was too long this could have been on like a dynamite or a rampage um I'm still going to give the match a four because I think that both both guys did a great job and I was more entertained in this match um, watching it than watching the two Owen Hart final matches so uh, that's why I'm rating it for yeah I'm going to give it 3.95 because basically the same reasons uh, as you did their predictions well Jackson Gina went Kyle uh, Monty and I went Darby Allen. so my perfect score attempt is over I know everybody was really interested in it but I went 8 for 8 uh, went down so the scores right now Monty is on 6 Jackson Gina on seven and I am on eight. But of course, we've still got four matches to go as well. Poll wise uh, for that. We have got Derby Allen winning with 60 percent of the vote. So they was wrong as much as I was. And then we move on to the AEW Women's Championship match. Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. And one of the best wrestler, one of the one was the best wrestler in AEW Women's Division. The other. Women's champion Thunder Rosa, who is a damn fine in-ring performer. Together, they managed to deliver a hotly competitive match from top prize in the division that played up the competitive spirit of the champ and the technical skill of the top contender. Debra wrestled the champ early, but Lamera Mera fought back and found herself in control about after several minutes of the defensive. Unable to retain control, the women teed off on each other. The champion forced to fight for a knee injury to remain in the fight. She did, like, rocking Debra a headbutt, did him in a superplex, and finish off with a Thunder Fire Driver for the win. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this? Yeah, man. Uh, the, okay, of course, another build where we, where I think we all just think that AW pro- pretty much probably dropped the ball. But uh, in this case, I think Serena and Thunder Rose were determined to make you forget about you know whatever got the got us here and just focus on them in this match. And they just they wrestled their ass off, man. It was great chain wrestling. Uh, you know, Serena, I get why they were comparing her to Dean Malenko the way she wrestled in this match. Uh, you know, Thunder Rosa, you know, just makes you believe, you know. And it was just a wrestling clinic, man. They were, you know, the the finish, in my opinion, was well executed. And uh I just think AEW needs more of this more often. You know, I'm happy Thunder Rosa got this moment for her reign, you know, because that's been the 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 biggest criticism of uh, you know of her so far for a while now is just oh my god everyone hates the rain no one likes what they're doing with it they're not putting it on television uh, hopefully a great matches like that could lead to more down the line that's what I, I know that's what we're all hopeful for but we'll see what the hell happens uh, I gave it four and a quarter four and a quarter yeah this was excellent stuff here um, there's a few things that annoyed me during this match but had nothing to do with the wrestling um the crowd was tired and one of these things and uh, so i'm not gonna go for a rant yes. because i haven't got the energy we were tired but of course the crowd was tired but they're getting drinks 
you know, they're chilling out during the majority of it because they've been accustomed to do this by dynamites and stuff like this as well. Because when yeah. you've got the kind of women's match before the main event, it means, oh, everybody just, you know, fill up your drinks and whatever it is, and then you can get on to the real match. That's kind of happening afterwards. And another thing that really fucking winds me up, and it really does, is when people go like, oh, this was great women's wrestling. And no, it wasn't. It was great wrestling, right? It doesn't matter. If you look at Oscar yeah. or Sasha Banks or, you know, Thunder Rose or anybody, Diana Perazzo, they are some of the best wrestlers in the world, wrestlers. not just women's wrestling, yeah. you know? So it does annoy me sometimes. Yes, it is a women's title they're going for, but don't, you know, don't don't give me that. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Ran over. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought it was a great match. And just like Monty said, I think this was this is the, the women's wrestling that we're wanting to see on pay-per-views, Dynamite, Rampage, things like this. You know, it, it's really good. To, you could see the dedication from both of the superstars as well. Uh, Serena Deeb is so good. Um, that sirens are coming for <laughs> sorry about that in the background um but serena Deeb is so good um and I, I i haven't seen much of her in any of any other wrestling platforms so when she did come in and started doing the five minute professor lessons etc those sort of things she was really cementing like her character from me as a new sort of fan to her um and watching her go against thunder rosa they're both not scared to like take some bumps I think they had a great match and, you know, there were, there were some things that were missed, but to be honest, I was still, I still thoroughly much enjoyed this match over the other two female matches that were, that we've already seen on this card. So for that reason, I'll give them a 3.95. Yeah. Well, I said, it's nice to have an AW paper where three women's matches we're actually on a show, and yeah, we can have a look at times, but let's just enjoy that. There's a couple of moments in the match as well. First off, nice outfit from Rosa. Uh, the slap exchange and the fall was choice stuff, but my favourite was the pendulum by Rosa on Deeb, where you don't see yeah. that that often, and even the crowd reaction was like, wow, that is impressive stuff. Uh, Jaxie, what do you reckon for that match? Agree with everything you said, especially Rosa's outfit. I loved her outfit. I just couldn't take my eyes off her. Uh, the back, the the constant back and forth between them. It was just great wrestling. Um, and they played well. They played well off of each other. It just worked so well. It was one of my favorite matches of the night, if I'm honest. It was just good, decent wrestling. And yeah, everything both Rosa and Deeb were doing were just highly impressive. They both had their their moments to shine um and yeah uh, this is even though it's it it's we've not had as much screen time when it comes to thunder rosa's reign this was one of the better matches uh she's had to showcase you know why she is champ right now so you know for me i'm gonna give this a four because i actually really enjoyed it and couldn't look away yeah i'm gonna give us four and a half because i was so pleasantly surprised it was given a little bit of time about 16 minutes and they really really delivered uh predictions we all went roses so that means i'm on nine uh, jackson gina on eight monty is on seven poll wise for that one as well thunder rosa 81 percent of the vote uh and then anarchy in the arena chris jerker jake hager daniel garcia matt menard and angelo parker battled moxley danielson kingston santana and Ortiz. 
I mean, we wanted Wizard, but Jericho picked NSYNC. But I guess this match was more Backstreet Boys. Come on, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anyway, <laughs> Lee Blood. <laughs> I guess we'll have to take that. Uh, well, the blood flowed freely. The fans in Las Vegas cheered the unbridled violence that spilled in the stands into the arena corridor, round ringside area and back in the squared circle. And the AW production team had a job on their hands trying to capture everything that was going on. Actually did a good... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I know what's coming next. They did a good job. And then Eddie Kingston coming down, covered in blood, looking like a zombie the ring with a gas can, determined to set Jericho on fire. What's, what's mental? What's fucking mental? Uh, we witnessed <laughs> attempted murder here. But Eddie, we're all going, oh, that's fine. Anybody else, we would have questioned it. But with Eddie, we're just going, yeah, you I literally crazy was bastard. screaming at the TV saying, somebody please go tell Eddie that wrestling <laughs> isn't real. Please, someone go tell him. It was crazy. It really was. But I think what was even crazier was that the JAS actually won the match when Jericho trapped Danielson in a single leg crab and Hager choked him out with a broken ring rope. And even the crowd greeted the finish in in awe that the faces actually lost. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this mental matchup? I mean, there were so many spots that is hard to break down again like the like the house of black um um death triangle match if you have not seen this match just go watch it for yourself because there's way too many spots for us to talk about and just tell you because people were everywhere and it's hilarious because at one point i think daniel garcia was down by the ring somewhere fighting someone and eddie was out the back fighting one of 2.0 guys and Next thing I know, Daniel Garcia's there. And I was like, wait, wait, how quick did Daniel Garcia run to get to this spot? It was hilarious because you just couldn't keep up with who was fighting who. You see them in one screen fighting, you know, Ortiz is fighting with one of them. Then next thing you know, Ortiz is in the other in a complete different spot. I find it hilarious that Daniel Garcia and Eddie got trapped in a lift and were just probably fighting and brawling in this lift until they got it open again. Um, yeah, too many spots. I did find it entertaining. Was it stupid on some levels? Yes. But is this what you should expect from Chris Jericho? Yes. We all want stupid entertainment. And to be honest, with a show as long as it was, we needed some sort of carnage to wake everybody up and keep mm-hmm. them still awake for the, ma- the main match that was to come. Um, this definitely should have woken everybody up because they were everywhere in the crowd. And I think that's why they made it a stadium stampede match. They knew it was going to be a long pay-per-view. They thought, do you know what? Let's actually fight in the crowd. Let's get people lit. So that's what they did. So, yeah, I think they executed it well. They did They did their purpose. There were some great spots for me. And I'll give it a four, four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Well, like I said, this, I mean, anybody's seen ECW back, you know, mid-90s where the, the hard rock music was playing and everybody just beating the shit out of each other. This was so similar, you know, with Wild Thing playing. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. And then I was getting into it. But by the time Jericho cut it off, I was actually a little bit annoyed. But like you said, you yeah, hit that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> they left the music playing. And I thought that was brilliant. It just, it was perfect because it was singing Wild Thing. 
and they were yeah. all fighting in the crowd. It was ironic, wasn't it? Right, but you hit the like I said the nail on the head with the shot in the arm. The crowd needed a match like this at every pay per view. But there was nothing wrong with that, like I said, but the action and getting involved. Uh, we talk about, um, of course, Santana Ortiz diving off the ladder through tables. Hager took a table spot as well, which jumped up quickly from that. Um, and there was just shit going on. And Bernard as well with the, the blade job that he did early on. But that was quite impressive to see him just bleeding buckets everywhere. And, of course, Jericho's bald spot, which I know would be enough in this matchup. Uh, but, uh, Jaxie, what do you think of this? Definitely uh, just chaos, wasn't it? Absolute chaos. Um, it was really enjoyable. Uh, I definitely am hoping that, you know, there is no permanent damages to anyone because of just everyone went hard and it was like you look away and you miss a, a certain part. So you just never know what was going on. Um yeah, this match went hard. Like I started losing my shit when Eddie just came down with the gas. I was like, what the hell? And he just literally did not give two Fs about Brian Danielson. He was just like, oh, you're here too. Well, here, you can have some too. You know, no wonder they both started fighting. I'm definitely expecting kind of something to come from this. And, you know, maybe a side feud happened between, you know, Moxie's uh, current partner and 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 past partner so it'll be it's definitely going to be interesting to see what stems from this from from their point of view um and i totally did not see uh the jericho appreciation society winning it was a brutal way to win as well like brian danielson like definitely just took it hard it was really kind of hard to watch towards the end um but yeah it was it was a good match i'm going to give it a four and a half just because of how much brutality was involved in it but again, something I didn't mention about the match and when Kingston came down to set Jericho on fire, it was it was Brian Danielson who was like, no, fuck that shit. No, you've got to stop it. And like I said, the infighting between the two opened up the door for the, the JAS. Mm. But um, this was yeah. crazy, Monty, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it was insane. I didn't know. I don't even know how to ra- I didn't know how to rate. You know, I just put I actually stopped taking notes. You know, I just watched it. It was just like they blended everyone like the fuse together, like you guys just mentioned. And, you know, basically highlighting that, you know, of course, Eddie Kingston, he doesn't he's not he's not a part of the Blackpool, you know, uh, combat club. He doesn't care about that, about Moxley's uh, alignment. He's he's he was out to hurt Chris Jericho. And uh, of course, he stepped over that line, you know, as the fight got more intense. But, man, that, that moment was just awesome. You'll never forget that that imagery of him. Uh, appearing on the stage with the gasoline can and uh you know i didn't expect js to win but i had so much fun that you know everything just worked it was everything was executed in the right way danielson is a bad he looks like a badass now two former world champions needed to do it and they needed they needed to they needed to take him out together the two world champions of the jas and the uh you know like i said the way they did it like i said just makes him look tough as hell uh, so you know the the production team had a hard time keeping up with this man. It was just so much stuff going on. They definitely missed uh, missed partial parts of uh, certain spots. So you know I, I give them props because uh, I know what it's like to be a cameraman for an event or run wires. I've done it before. It's hell. So I can only imagine what it was like for this match. But anyway, 
I gave it four and a half stars. This was great. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Uh, like I said, really, really good stuff. And we talked about uh, earlier kind of being the worst AEW pay-per-view since O'Reilly and Allen, the women's start match, and now this. You're finally thinking, yeah, yeah we're getting into they it. it yeah, the only unfortunate thing is, is that we're nearly four hours into the event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was tired. Yeah, this was yeah. it. This was it. I was really uh, contemplating. Should I stay up? And I did, but, man, it was bad. <laughs> mate, mate, Raylan and me, like I said, I had to split it up into two. But, um, like I said, predictions, we all went for the BCC, so no points. So it's still nine, eight, seven. Uh, poll-wise for this, we have the BCC uh, on 85% of the vote. And then we got an update from Andrade El Idillo, uh, not Armadillo, El Idillo, as it was, uh, with Andre saying he hates the name AFO, deeming him a group of losers. Uh, and he says he had a contract for Andre, his new associate, Rush. Um, now, can you tell us anything about Rush Monty? Is he on your radar at all? Because unfortunately, he's, yes. he's not on mine. Yes, former Ring of Honor world champion, he is. Uh, also an original member of Los Ingobernable, which is the uh, faction of Tetsuya Naito in Japan, Los Ingobernable de Japón. So it's really just saying they're the ungovernables. One is the ungovernables of Japan. But anyway, uh, yeah, him and Andrade has history. They both are both former uh, faction members together. They they wrestled together when they're both under mask in Mexico. And uh, Roosh is awesome. He's like he's a beast. He's just like I mentioned, Bandito. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, they also have uh, great relationships with uh, Ryu Lee, Dragon Lee. So it's, it, he's awesome. They're, I think this is a great move for Andrade. I think they're finally going to be taking him seriously. I can only imagine what this could lead to possibly for Forbidden Door or whatever down the line. Or maybe even possibly full-time in AEW. Or he's just going to be representing for their Ring of Honor brand. I'm not really sure. But I am excited to see him here. And I think that getting away from the AFO is definitely the right move. It's just a leftover Matt Hardy faction. You know, he deserves much better. And uh, and I think those teams in the AFO deserve much better. Uh, you know, and Helico, all those guys. So uh, I'm glad that that's probably no more going forward. We'll see what actually happens and if this have anything to do with Forbidden Door uh, in the coming weeks, I guess. Well, that is an excellent answer. <laughs> Gives me some information there as well. Did we then see America top team? Uh, talking about their feud with Sammy Guevara and Kaz being dead, looking on to move to bigger and better things. Uh, but Dante Martin made his way to the interview area, said he was stepping up. Sky said he'd give Dante a shot in SoCal. Uh, Gina, so we're going to have Dante Martin versus Scorpio Sky. That can only be good. Yeah, it's going to be great, but rip Dante Martin, because... It's going to be a great match, but I, I do I do think he, he's not quite on the level to possibly take that championship from Scorpio. But I think it's going to be a great a great spot for Dante and great learning curve. And I also think he's going to make he's going to Scorpio is going to underestimate him a bit and probably think, oh, this is going to be a breeze. And so he's going to he's going to shock him and be like, oh, actually, I'm going to need to put some effort into this match. So uh, I definitely look forward to it and see what, what it does for Dante. Yeah, it should be good stuff. Well, we have got two more matches left. 
all double or nothing. The AEW Tag Team Championship match was in the co-main event position as Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus defended their titles against Team Taz's powerhouse Hobbs and absolute Ricky Starks and the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, still, despite going on so late in an overly long show, they all six delivered a fun, action-heavy match that kept the crowd invested throughout. Lee flying through the air with unmatched athleticism for a man his size did not hurt matters. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage continued to tease a potential rivalry, each responsible for distractions that could have cost the champions their titles. But instead, Jurassic Express overcame the challenge of two very game teams to retain. The only thing I didn't like about this match was Swerve beating the pin. But then again, who else could? Jaxie, what did you think of this? Uh, this was a great, you know, uh, triple threat tag match. Um, I'm Obviously, I'm disappointed with the outcome. I genuinely felt like this was the right time for maybe like Hobbs and Starks to maybe have a bit of a push um but i could i could see that things are leading somewhere in in terms of like what's going on with uh jungle boy and christian um yeah there were some pretty great spots uh i i too was a little bit better that swerve took the pin didn't really feel like he needed to take it but then again uh after you know kind of them retaining i was already kind of different deflated a little bit in terms of my score i was like damn it uh, um so but it was a good tag match it was yeah what would you score out of five I'm, I'm i'll give it a three and three quarters i thought it was a good match yeah well even these they weren't two proper tag teams involved i did love the matching outfits and even dress express had a new matching outfit mm-hmm. as well um, Gina, yeah, Gina, I could hear you scream when Ricky Starks was walking along that top rope and then got caught. Uh, it was it was a funny moment, but yeah, I did worry. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I probably was screaming at the TV like I was his wife or something. Like, are you watching that? Like, <laughs> I was honestly, I was quite worried at one point. But aside from my bias for for Ricky, all three teams did so well in this match. And seeing as we've had quite a lot of like trios matches on the card already, um, they th- the three teams managed to make this match still unique and not feel like repeated in a way or something like that, you know. And I I did enjoy it a lot. I I was really expecting. I feel like AEW holds back a lot. They held back with the Julia Hart story and I know it worked out for the show tonight but they still probably should have done it earlier when she had the opportunity firsthand Um, and I feel like they should have done that with Christian I think this probably would have been the opportunity to do something with Christian because we know it's coming we can all feel it so um, I was a bit disappointed that it didn't happen because I also wanted to get a I told you so moment but um, yeah it was great it was a good match I'm going to give it a four yeah, I mean, the, the couple of really choice near falls uh, with Starks hitting the spear on Jungle Boy looking like that might be done as well. Uh, and a couple of really good moments. Keith Lee was over like Rover. AEW, please use him. You can see the reaction he gets from the crowd. You need to kind of do something with that. Yes, it was a little bit of a mess sometimes, but I think all three teams delivered. But again, if this has started the show, I think this would have been can maybe completely different to kind of the react not even the reaction because the crowd will but I just think maybe placement in the card could have been better for it 
I might be wrong though. Monty, what do you reckon? I mean, that's fair. It probably could have been a little earlier in the show, but I, I think uh, it being right here actually from for the way that night played out for me as the viewer, uh, you know, it was it was rough because at that point I really was tired. And uh, but I stayed up because I really was interested in all three of these teams, you know. And uh, I was I wanted to see how this played out because although I did see a lot of shock for that for uh, jungle, I mean for Jungle Express retaining, I understand that, but. I, I I predicted what I predicted because I just felt like the turn wasn't ready against these two teams. They're not neither team were ready to be champions yet, in my opinion. And uh, but the match itself was competitive. It was explosive, and I thought everyone looked good here. Like I said, the big men all had a had spots where they looked great. Swerve, Ricky, and Jungle Boy performed performed their roles perfectly, and uh, they all worked well worked well too. So. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, it was I gave it four stars. I was dead tired watching it, so I rewatched it, and then I was like, okay, cool. No, it was as good as I remember. So yeah. Well, I gave it three point nine five. Like you said, it's it did have its moments in there. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, and we you know we'll we'll move on because I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. So we'll <laughs> score for me three point nine five prediction. Um, Gina Jackson did go Hobbs and Starks. That was it. The moment where Keith Lee and Hobbs double choked Sam Luchasaurus, and I thought, this is the team we need. <laughs> like that, that was the moment. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, predictable the scores. I'm on 10 at this moment, and Monty with that point has drawn level with Jaxie and Gina with just one match to go on eight points. Poll wise, Lee and Swerve were the um got the most votes in that one with 50% of the vote uh, but unfortunately did come up short and then one match left the main event and this is how long the pay-per-view was is I got up about half five in the morning just to check the phone to see the results and the main event was still ongoing that, that's how long the show was um yeah but we will get to it. AEW World Championship match. Hangman and Page versus C and Punk. Big cheers for both competitors and they made the way to the ring. With Hangman glaring at Punk from the second he emerged from the entrance tunnel. Big fight. Phil was just for Roberts did the in-ring introductions with the two men going nose to nose at the bell. But we saw a crisis of conscience unraveled Hangman's Page reign as well, champ in a very good main event, maybe just shy of achieving the epic befitting the premium. But Punk took advantage of the champion's decision not to utilise the world title bout to flatten his challenger and put away with go to sleep for the win. To be fair, the match was his best when the combatants were focused on beating the hell out of each other. Uh, when they swayed too far away, like still each other's finishes, the match fell apart a bit. Look no further as Punk twice botching a uh, buckshot lariat <laughs> but they did recover nicely to the final few minutes uh but the question is what effect did to win have a taken a good guy approach and resisting the urge to cheat on him you know the first era of the hangman is over and the summer of punk does begin and what it looks like is far from over with tears in his eyes punk holds the aw world championship aloft and yes your new aw world champion c M Punk, uh, but Monty, the crowd were into this. Were you? Yeah, you know it was. It, you know it was late. 
like you said, it was tough. But I, I, but at that point, I'm like, well, I'm up for this. I have to, like, I have to try to, I have to get hype. So I, I watched it, and it was hard hitting. I think it was like you said, stiff at times, and that's like you said, when the match was at its best, was when they were just kind of laying into each other. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know if this is just me trying to take make a positive spin on it at the time or whatever, but I was like, you know, him botching that Larry does play into pro, to Punk's promos about him trying to get better at this point. And now he has, he's not quite there yet. He always was saying that. Uh, but no, he, he he just elfed that up. You know, we, we, at, the, at the end of the day, that's all that happened. It, 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 it was funny, though, at the time. But yeah, uh, that was probably where the match was at its worst. Uh, but they did an awesome job with the story. The uh, You know, I didn't mind the finish. Uh, it kind of protected Hangman in a way because, you know, the hesitation cost, cost him. But uh, it also did kind of make him look uh, slightly hypocritical for talking about protecting uh, Hangman. I mean, protecting from Punk. And it's like, okay, well, you're you're the, you're the one whose character is in question. But at the same time, I didn't mind it because, again, you can tell a great story from that moment alone. So we'll see what they do uh, with Hangman's hesitation and what, that, what, what role that plays in his future. Uh, but uh, I love that he got seven defenses in. That, that sounds like a great reign to me. And you think about every match. Ended up being really good to awesome. So, you know, I think he had an awesome reign. And giving this to Punk, especially as a longtime fan of Punk, like I think a lot of us are if you've been watching wrestling a long time, uh, this was a great cap on his love fest that has been his return to wrestling. <laughs> and it's now it's time for another for the summer of Punk. And I can't complain. And I'm ready to see what happens. You know, uh, where are we going from here with CM Punk on top in AEW? It's... Uh, it's going to be a wild ride, I think. Yeah, it's time to fucking let's go, as Punk would say. What did you score? <laughs> did you score that out of five? I gave it four and a quarter. Four and four a quarter. quarter. There you go, man. Uh, but, yeah, I gave it a four. Like I said, uh, there was a few moments here. Um, but I, in the Dead Eye was a really close call with the fans maybe calling bullshit a little bit. Um, yeah. But for me, I put a sink here, and I think people might agree or disagree. Uh, Jaxie, I'm going to ask you this question. I thought in this main event, Punk couldn't hang with Paige. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I, that, first of all, that was a good play on words there. Um, secondly, I have to agree with you slightly, but it, I also don't feel like this takes away from what Punk has achieved in wrestling. We all know he's got it in him. It's just very unfortunate that he did b- watch a couple of moves i do think it's you know we're in a culture where yes we can address that you know someone's fucked up a move but i don't think that we need to judge their whole wrestling career off of one bad botch when something goes wrong it goes wrong you know um they can't always help it it's not it's not only just happened to punk you know we saw it earlier in the night with darby as well uh so you know these things can happen and and the fact that these men can continued picked up where he left off that sort of thing, um, you know, is commendable because, you know, some people can feel defeated from something even like that. And then like the whole match itself becomes way much more of a dud. Uh, so they did well with keeping up, uh, keeping the crowd uh, riled up and stuff. There was quite a few near falls uh, that I, I, I'm i pretty sure could, could have actually been the end, but never did it. Did, it went a bit farther. I think the storytelling was really well done. I kind of thought it was going to go the other way around and we might have gotten like a sort of like a punk heel turn 
him using the belt and actually winning that way. Um, so I was quite, you know, surprised um, to see kind of Hangman, you know, struggling with that fact. It would be really good to kind of um, see what comes from this in terms of, you know, where Hangman's he- head is at. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what direction he came in. But I have to agree with Monty in saying I, I really enjoyed uh, Hangman's uh, reign. Um, the, yeah, all of those uh, seven title defences, in my opinion, were great matches. Um, I have no doubt that Hangman will eventually get a hold of the belt again, once again. Um, and that will probably be an even lengthier run. Um, so I just look forward to kind of seeing what, what the future has in store for him. But with Punk, I'm ready for a summer of Punk. Um, the match itself was good when you take away, when you take out the the few botches that it was. So I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. My, my only thing with the botches and stuff like that, I just hope people are as nice to a Ridge Holland as they are a CM Punk if they were to make a few mistakes in matches. You know, I know it might yeah, be a but, bit different level, but like it, I said, it, it's a, I think the the only argument you can have there really is like, you know, uh, Rich Holland's botch actually cost Biggie his neck. So it's kind of like um, there's a difference between like a botch from yourself and then a botch with another person where you actually are potentially causing harm to that person, you know? Yeah, no, I'm about that, but, but like, like even, you know, no judgment on Rich is not. Yeah. Like, I don't think I, think, I don't believe with like without any hesitation that he d- intended to do that. You know, um, yeah. but it's just like I think it's easier to try and like forgive like a botch when it happens to like a, a punk botch, like botching the the buckshot lariat, than it is to like really get over. Oh my gosh, Big E is out for God knows how long because uh, his neck is broken. Yeah. You know, no, I completely, completely understand. Like I said, we put it into mm. contacts there, but it's yeah. even like you know, Dino Brown didn't originally mean to injure Jaws back in the day, and exactly, it maybe were yeah. maybe with the Owen Hart tournament, they might you know, W might have a Jaws tournament next year or, or something like that. I also would say, I also would chuck in there, look at Matt Seidel and his first entrance, and he botched his first move. And I feel mm. like even from that, he wasn't really able to become a top tier um, threat because I think he was already taken as a joke just from that first initial box. Again, like because of a lot of people didn't know Matt Seidel at that point as well. And uh, this is another example of like that botch was more of a scary botch because they, no one knew, like it looked like he came down quite hard on his neck. So no one knew whether or not he really had done any damage to himself either. So I think sometimes we have to kind of get over the botch and actually think about maybe the repercussions of what that could have caused, you know, and yeah. like just be grateful that it was just a botch and nothing more harmful, you know? Yeah, well, like we said, we've seen it in AEW Lance Archer with a moonsault land on his head or even Ray Phoenix exactly. with the arm injury. So like you said, yeah, there is different exactly. ways. Uh, but Gina, before I get your score, this is a question was Adam Page's reign the best reign of any AEW world champion in history? No. Uh, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the reign that he did have, but I definitely think Kenny has probably had the best reign. Or, I don't know, Chris Jericho's reign was really great, but he was very entertaining in that front. But in terms of the best, I'd say Kenny still holds that. Um, like like Jackson said, I think... Definitely yeah, I think um, I think Hamman will get another chance and another reign. But right now, I think he's going to go through some more like personal issues before he can get to that again. Um, I 
I do wish, I don't know, in a way, I do wish his reign was a bit better, but he did still defend it quite a lot. So it's not like he didn't do anything with it. Um, but yeah, the match itself was good. I am quite lucky because I actually missed the botch. I was watching the, ma- watching the match with Jaxi and I looked away at the point the botch happened and they didn't do a replay. So I actually missed it. And I was, um, I was completely happy with not, not seeing it. But Jaxi did explain it to me. So, but for, again, for me, as long as it didn't like harm any of them, yeah, he he can get trolled and for a little bit. You know, everyone can make fun of themselves, and I'm sure a punk would as well. You know, but I don't think you know people have to troll and be nasty about it. And we have seen them do that to to wrestlers who are not on like punk's level. So uh, I doubt punk will get trolled heavily in that front. It'll be forgotten news, especially with the whole MJF pipe bomb we haven't discussed yet but i i still thought it was a good match overall so i'm gonna give it a four and a quarter yeah well i think the thing is punk's gonna get more shit being AEW world champion now than he was with just that kind of the botches that happened in that matchup but it just felt you know as we look back on it overall this AEW pay-per-view i mean yes it was nearly a quarter of a day long uh, but I think every match had a few missteps and nothing was kind of truly uh, like there wasn't a perfect match. Like all out last year was just all, you know what I mean? Like I said, every match was just brilliant, 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 brilliant stuff. I just felt this year just took a little bit of time or especially with double or nothing, took a little bit of time to get into it, cooled down, picked up again. But it's just, you know, I got flashbacks of WWE a couple of years ago where they were doing, you know, five-hour events, and it was just killing the crowd uh, as it was. But I think overall, as we look at it, we'll get to that in a sec, but we just round up. Uh, I'm going to give that four out of five, Punk versus Page. Prediction-wise, only Monty went for Page, so that means the final scores are Monty finishes with eight, Jackson and Gina on nine, and I do win with 11 out of 13. So the prediction league, it means Gina and Monty are on zero. Jaxie's on one, and I take the lead with two. But we don't have to wait long because next month we've got the Forbidden Door, which will be, of course, more points for the AEW prediction league. Um, so the final thing we do is look at ratings, MVP, and the match. Uh, the poll wise for the Hangman page, CM Punk, 60% of the vote there. Uh, overall, we'll have a look. For well, match of the night, for me, uh, my match of the night was House of Black versus Death Triangle. Um, Jaxie, what would you say was your favourite match of the night? Yeah, I have to agree with you. Mine's is House of Black versus Death Triangle as well. Yeah. Uh, Gina? Uh, I'm also going to agree. Uh, House of Black and Death Triangle. Yeah. And finally, Monty, you're going to complete the set? Nope, I'm going Anarchy. Had the most fun <laughs> for me. Anarchy was just too much fun. I just had I had a whole lot of fun watching it. So, yeah. Uh, MVP of the night. For me, uh, I'm going to go for a man who actually pleasantly surprised me. And my MVP of the night was Carla Riley. Because, yeah, the match shouldn't have been on pay-per-view. But not only did he get the win, he beat one of the pillars of AEW. Um, and I thought he really, really deserved it. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Um, 
I'm I'm actually going to go with Thunder Rosa. I I think that the match was really well done, and I just kind of really enjoyed uh, what she brought to uh, uh, the match against Serena Deep. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, uh, Gina. No, it's difficult. Um, yeah, I'm actually also going to give it to Kyle O'Reilly as well. I think he did. He he had a great match for it not really having a relevant reason for being on the match card, and he still made it like a really great match. Um, and he, again, as as James said, he beat one of the pillars. So for me, I think it should go to Kyle. And Monty. Yeah, I'm going Thunder Rosa. Uh, I believe uh, she gained probably the most overall and performed the mo- the best. Like she performed the, the one of the best of the night, and then also she gained the most for her reign. And I thought uh, she just she just left the best impression on me from the entire night. It's nice two for Riley, two for Rosa. Kind of sorts out nice and uh, overall rating. Well, for me, this I mean I didn't hate this show. But then again, I watched it differently to people, especially like you, Monty, <laughs> where I kind of, I did split it up. So I knew kind of, you know, how it would be. And maybe my rating will be affected that because it wasn't just in one long go. Uh, but I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. It's still, you know, good, enjoyable stuff. Yes, we could have had four or five matches taken off there. Wouldn't have made a difference. But, you know, the, the main event did deliver in the end. Like I said, the Anarchy match was great. Women's title match, tag team was good. Uh, of the start with MGF as well. Uh, so eight and a half for me. What about you, Jaxie? Yeah, I'm going to actually agree with you in terms of like, even though the one thing I will complain about is the length of it. Again, I kind of watched it in, uh, you know, two sets, uh, two stages because of, you know, the, the time difference in the UK. So um, for me, the, the issue really wasn't time um, in general. And I felt like the matches that we did have delivered quite well. So I'm actually going to go and rate it eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. Gina. Um, yeah, again, I, I agree with you both. We, we got to watch it in two parts, so we didn't have to sit through the whole live event. Um, I, I did thoroughly enjoy the show. If I'm truly honest, there was still, even though, every match kind of had its ups and downs. I was still thoroughly enjoying the show and thoroughly enjoying tweeting along with it. So I'm, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it eight and three quarters because I thought it was a good show and I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, Monty. Yeah. I, you guys are definitely right. It's because of the way you guys consumed it. Because <laughs> uh, I got seven and three quarters. This was just, uh, it was solid to very, very good. At, at times, and it, it hit its stride to me those last five matches, honestly. But it was I only like six out of thirteen matches in my. That's less than fifty percent. So that means I think really, if you give me a six to seven show match card, oh my god, that, that's the perfect length, honestly, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, I, I'm not gonna keep harping on that because I understand from you guys' point, from you guys' point of view, it makes sense. Because on my rewatch, I probably would rate it higher. But you're right, James. This is exactly gave me PTSD to those five hour WWE <laughs> views from a few years back. It was a lot of good here, but it had a lot of flaws. So I gave it seven and three quarters. Not my favorite AEW pay-per-view at all. Uh, but, you know, still a good time. 
Yeah, well, we asked everybody on the polls as well, what, how did everyone rate uh, AEW Double or Nothing? And usually this is a really kind of positive uh, score for AEW. But 22% went okay and awesome, 24% with good, and 32% with great. And usually that would be awesome all the way. So it does show that maybe the pay-per-view didn't have the fire. A lot of students from tony khan about the basketball having to go long same runtime as revolution no you, you could have cut a good two hours out of that uh, and not had an issue uh, and then just a couple of things to talk about uh, tony khan flipping out during aw double or nothing media scrum uh after <laughs> being asked a question uh, of course eric bischoff was talking about being a financial flop tony khan um Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? I just think that uh, Tony got a bit over defensive at the wrong person. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of like one of those moments where it's like, okay, well, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, I, I felt like he could have handled himself better, but then again, I don't think he was actually in his right mind. So I just kind of am putting this over my head and being like, well, that was another Tony moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely saying, wasn't it? But, it's midnight, by the way. Midnight. Yeah. Uh, at least almost 1 a.m. where that were, you know, oh my, it was 11 where they were because they were on the West Coast. But <laughs> everyone else worked. It was I one mean, midnight. That type of energy straight after a 11 p.m. I mean, yeah. So it was, it's crazy. The, the, it, that was mental. He didn't mention MJF. Uh, but then on Dynamite, the big news is it basically turned into a war- work with MJF with his own pipe bomb. Uh, here's some of the here's some of the best quotes from it. He talks about a big merger, lots of excesses in attendance. It would be a shame if something bad were to happen. I created moment after moment after moment for this company. I get no respect. All the boys get settled for being great. I have to be perfect. Where were you guys when you called me an unprofessional piece of shit? All the boys in the back want my spot where you can have it because I don't want it here anymore. Is it because I'm not chasing star ratings? I'm a generational talent and people consistently take me for granted. It's not just you. It's a big guy. Make sure he hauls all the money so he can give it to all the ex-WWE guys he keeps bringing in who can't lace my goddamn boots. Hey, boss, will you treat me better if I was an ex-WWE guy? Look at me, Tony. I want you to fire me. And then finally, you fucking mark. Uh, so I got to say, it might be a work, but God damn, it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this pipe bomb? I mean, wow, just wow. I I, I was watching that live um, and I just had to tweet asking, is this a work or is it a pipe bomb? Um, I'm confused because it's so serious, but this is one of the best promos. Again, MJF always just delivers and tops his his previous one you know and um a lot of again a lot of what he said is truth so and it's a lot of things that you would say you know is fourth breaking the fourth wall and bringing actually saying the words wwe on AEW network you know something wwe wouldn't do or something like that you know he just he just broke the fourth wall there and it's it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. But uh, I hope that they saw it out with him because losing him is just, it would be devastating to AEW, especially after losing Cody so soon. Um, yeah, he's he's great. And <laughs> I'm all here for another pipe bomb by MJF. 
Yeah, it was an interesting time, especially when he did it. And I thought they must have sorted out. Monty, is there any way that Tony and uh, MJF haven't sorted out the problems if he went on Dynamite with that live mic? Yeah, it's hard for me to believe that they haven't talked or sorted something out. But honestly, even if he haven't, this is the thing. MJF is under contract until 2024. That does not change. So it doesn't matter what he goes out there and say. At the end of the day, they have him under you know, contract. He can leave, and if he leave and he actually leaves, then something actually is done. But as long as he's on television talking bad, Tony doesn't care. That's why he didn't cut the mic. He's going to use that you know, for ratings and all of that. So I don't necessarily think it's a shoot. I think MJF is so good at blurring the line with his character because he rarely ever breaks character that he can make you believe anything. And I think that's what this shows you because, honestly, the moment he started to bring up, you know, oh, the locker room, you want my spot, they could have just cut the mic, cut, went the black section off to go to commercial and got him out of there if it was really something that wasn't supposed to be on television. You know how it is exactly. when something's not supposed to be there. So, like, they cut his mic way too late. They let him get everything he had to say off his chest. And I thought it was excellent television. And I think uh, I can't wait to see where they go forward with it. But, yeah, him and Tony has either worked something out or they came to the point where they know there's nothing you can do about MJF. You're under contract, so you're either going to come to work or you're just going to not make money or whatever. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're not, they would be crazy to let him go if he's under contract until 2024. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is about it is they had the excuse to not have him on television. The stretcher job, the 10 power bombs. If he wasn't seen for a couple mm-hmm. of months, that would have made sense, you know. But to have him right. straight on Dynamite makes you think. Mm. I mean, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's excellent television. But it, do they have a risk of kind of working the fans? Or is that what wrestling actually is? I mean, like, this is kind of... Uh normal when it comes to like someone like MJF and I agree with everything that you said that you know like first of all the mic could have been cut way sooner it wasn't uh also they had the perfect opportunity to write him off for a bit with the stretcher job they didn't uh he turns up uh, first thing on on dynamite uh you know um I think that definitely is uh something has kind of even if it's just like a mutual agreement uh temporary agreement until more talks can be discussed uh either way this is definitely a work there is no way tony would have allowed uh, all of that to have been aired if he didn't allow um if he wasn't on board with it you know um i think i think the fans need to kind of not get to like but at this stage in it when it comes to wrestling as a whole and as a genre I think fans need to like not get too emotionally invested in in everything and actually just believe that everything is a work because it can be a work when it comes to wrestling. So, I mean, if if people get genuinely offended that's that they've done done it like this, uh, you gotta ask yourself why are you watching wrestling if 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 this type of stuff annoys you. Yeah, I, I think that's true. You know, especially when the kind of MJF news has kind of broken Twitter as well. And, you know, let's talk mm-hmm. about it, especially kind of overshadowing uh, even, um, I say Bray Wyatt, I think we all know who I'm talking about on, on Twitter as well, saying, you, you know, saying it's going to happen soon. Uh, I mean, if The Fiend possibly could come back at Hell in a Cell, would that be a bigger news story than MJF? Possibly, you know, it's, it's interesting times 
ahead without doubt i feel in aw and of course elsewhere has anybody else anything else about double or nothing or the dynamite after um i actually do want to point out um for your dynamite after the fact that you did not show thunder rosa at all um or have her do any form of promotion it was kind of disappointing like she had a brilliant um match with Serena Deeb and then we don't even see her come out like the way that CM Punk came out and had his sort of moment um I think that you know Tony needs yeah. to actually start taking Thunder Rosa and and the women's uh title more seriously you know we've put a lot of work and effort in with Jade show the same respect towards Thunder Rosa and the AEW title please I think that's a great great thing to say and of course and Hiroshi we'll- Tanahashi Debut. Uh, I can't oh, let yeah. that go without yeah. mentioning. He is the ace of New Japan, the man who saved that company. Him versus Punk at Forbidden Door. Take my money. And that <laughs> is the next time we will be bringing you AEW when we have the pre show Forbidden Door. So we've left it there perfectly. Um, finally, I will say, and again, Jackson Gene, I know it's the worst time to say this, but it is Hell in a Cell and In Your House this weekend. So we will be doing predictions for both. <laughs> I, I apologise, but I, I am not watching 2.0 for no reason. I hope you understand. Wait, so are you, <laughs> oh. are you actually expecting us to do predictions for In Your House? You beat Monty at Stand and Deliver. So you've okay. got your yeah. chance. Come on. To, to, tomorrow, we'll, just get it. We'll do Hell in a Cell and In Your House predictions. And what I want from everybody, to be fair, rather than send it in the group, send it on the the personal message as it was on Twitter. And I think then we can't accuse anybody uh, of cheating. I always accuse Monty <laughs> when we're doing it. So <laughs> I'd say, you copied me. You copied me. Yeah. So we oh. have got Hell in a Cell and In Your House coming up. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm not you looking wait. forward to this. You one. wait, yeah. <laughs> Well, don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Dubinar, uh, Twitter at the Dubinar podcast. I've only been doing this seven years, eight years now, uh, at the Dubinar JR, and you can find the entire Dubinar team on the Twitter banner. Uh, Monty, why don't you uh, plug your stuff? Yeah, appreciate that. At my Monty pod, I might do me a mini review on the uh, Mind of Monty podcast. Uh, not not this in-depth, because... Uh, I don't want to spend much, much longer talking about this show. <laughs> but uh, I will do my predictions for Hell in the Cell and get into the news uh, in wrestling uh, this week. So please come check that out. And subscribe to Monty's Universe on YouTube. Uh, I yes. post clips and original content. So just check them out and, you know, let me know what you want to see over there. Yeah, but like I said, it is worth a listen because you haven't got that annoying English voice. That, uh, <laughs> that kind of ruins the other <laughs> podcast that you do. Um, Jackson, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me across both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? You can find me on the same at Purple Pain. Perfectly. Double also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms send us an email at double podcast at gmail.com, YouTube, double podcast. We have all the latest clips. 
podcast at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can down subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, well, let's just run through the schedule quickly. I will be sending everybody the schedule soon so they will know. Monty, you have got a shitload coming up. I will just let you know. Uh, but Jaxie, <laughs> Jaxie, you're first. Uh, are you about Tuesday because Slept Match Pod want to come back and do a Hell in a Cell review? Ooh, um, let me just check real quick. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday works for me. All right, excellent. I can let them know. I said it's all down to you, you know. Oh, wow. and I, said, I, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't do it about Jaxie. So Slept Match Pod will be with us for the Hell in a Cell review the third time. That's great. Um, Monty, you are back with me, NXT Update, and in your house on the 11th of this month, unfortunately. Uh, And then, well, Gina, you as well, because, you know, I obviously do stuff with Monty and and Jaxie in a way. Do you fancy doing a crossover next month? Because I've had a couple of offers from other pods, and, you know, I don't mind taking you to meet them. Um, what does this mean? Sorry. <laughs> it means. <laughs> it means. Sorry, be, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> there'll be there'll be other like another podcast we'll be doing a podcast with. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> it's not. It's not that bad. It's a new guy. Uh, he, we, you know, basically we like helping people out. Uh, yeah. here on the pod so it's just a guy who asked if we could do uh, a review of him at some point and I thought seeing as you haven't done that I don't think I don't know if any of you just did a show with you and me uh, yeah. so I, I think that's something to look at and he's going to be in awe of us because obviously they listen to this show and celebrities to them so I won't worry too much <laughs> <laughs> see I didn't see it that way but cool sounds good <laughs> It will work, saying, Cal. So, like I said, June 11th will be NXT in your house. The week after, Monty, you've got UK and the network. The week after that, you've got Forbidden Door pre-show. <laughs> and then we've got the review of that. And then we've got Money in the Bank and the review coming there. Let's not forget SummerSlam at the end of July with an update <laughs> just in there. So, anybody at SummerSlam does not do enough stuff. The next two months, you're going to be sick of us. All right? That's all I can say. <laughs> Excuse and I'm gonna me. talk about it on my show too. I'm talking about most of that stuff on my show. So I'm yeah. this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> we are we are what gonna be summer. doing so much stuff with so many other different people, it'll be crazy. But that is it for today. And like I said, it has been an entirely enjoyable process having you guys the dubbing our team together. Now as a pre-show. But for the two-hour review, we are still not as long as Double or Nothing, though. So we might have to do, like, an extra hour. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what happens. But again, like I said, uh, I've been joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been great. It's been fun. I will come back with a vengeance to actually claim my top spot back. You will see me on top again. We shall do this again soon. Uh, of course, the genius Gina again. It's great having you on, and we're going to take on the other podcast next month, don't we? Okay, cool. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. <laughs> and of course, the mind of Monty and you and me. You're going to be sick of me, like I said, in the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't get enough. You can't get enough. Uh, I 
Jackson says she's coming with the Vengeance. I need to at least win one. Can I at least win the one with New Japan involved, guys? The AW one? That's all I'm talking about. The AW. That's not allowed, Monty. I'm, I'm at AW right now. 